0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nutty Buddy Sports. And on today's episode, we start off by having me break down the Rams versus the Cardinals instant reaction, and then I'm joined by Zach, Chris, and Eric, and we break out down the rest of Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. That's coming up right here, right now on Nutty Buddy Sports.
1: Arizona Cardinals versus the LA Rams.
0: Okay, so the game is over in uh, LA. The Rams won the uh, the game, thirty-four to eleven. And I'll tell you, as a Matthew Stafford backer for so many years, it was nice to see him get his first playoff win and we'll talk about that right now he was 13 to 17 with 202 yards and two touchdowns listen he didn't have to play uh great he didn't have to be a hero he didn't have to um overcome the odds and it was kind of nice to see from matthew stafford it really was and i know that uh as a lions fan we're just like somebody who roots for the lions i should say i guess The Dolphins are my number one team. The Lions are my number two team. And as a Lions backer for all these years, it's kind of nice to see Matthew Stafford get carried for once, although he played pretty good as well. Uh, The game got out of hand early if you watch this game. So Stafford didn't have to put up a spectacular performance, but he put up a good enough performance in which to help his team win. He showed he can win big games. Now, this is like the first time I think like, in Matthew Stafford's career, personally, I believe, where he played in a big game where he had advantages uh, as a St. Louis, uh, St. Louis, L.A. Ram, okay? Earlier this year, he beat the Buccaneers as well, and he had some advantages over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. And we're starting to see how valuable he can be. Now, I don't think he's an elite quarterback. I think he's, a, he's like a great quarterback. He, he just below elite somewhere between good and great uh but he's not elite okay i'd put him in the same um probably category as like ben roethlisberger right now lamar jackson i think jackson can be better obviously as he grows uh like matt ryan when matt ryan was pretty good uh i would say you know drew Brees won a ring but he, you know, he had one of the best offensive minds as a head coach. Matthew Stafford has never had that until this year. So to me, I think that we're, we're starting to appreciate people are starting to appreciate Matthew Stafford more. They're starting to understand uh, what he had to go through in Detroit with that organization did not help him. So, I mean, some years they did, they had the a top 10 uh, defense one year and they almost won that playoff game. Uh, I rewatched it with one of my, uh, Luke, Luke, one of my friends and, uh, man, that was rough. That was a rough watch. We just watched like the last eight minutes. It was all highlights though. And it was a rough watch. There was some things that happened in that game, but uh, a really clean game by Matthew Stafford. He played good. He was the better quarterback and the better coach in this game was Sean McVay. He out coached uh, cliff Kingsbury. He got his players up and ready to play. There was a moment when he called that, uh, end around to, well, no, it wasn't end around. He threw it behind the line of scrimmage to Odell. Odell threw it to Akers. It seemed like the right appropriate time to call that play. And uh, I I just feel like the Rams uh, did a wonderful job in this game. Uh, Once again, all together, uh, just a dominant performance by the uh, LA Rams here, but congratulations to Matthew Stafford and his first win. And that's the thing. I just want to just reiterate this point one more time, and then we'll continue on. Matthew Stafford, throughout his career, has always had disadvantages, the majority of the disadvantages, when he played big games. And obviously, it's relative, because what a big game was in Detroit is not the same as a big game in like, like Green Bay or L.A. this year. But when it came to Matthew Stafford, very rarely did he have the better Head coach on his side in a big game. Okay. Most of the time it was the opposite. It was the opposite. The other team had the better head coach. Matt Patricia for four years. Are you kidding me? Let's not even go there. Right. Most of the time he had the worst defense. He didn't have much of a run game. He always had the weaker run game. The only thing that Matthew Stafford consistently had on his side that at times, uh, was better than what his opponent had was the, the skill position, wide receivers, whether it was with Calvin Johnson and Nate Burleson or Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and uh, Danny Amendola and Hawkinson. So there were times when you would rather have the weapons that Matthew Stafford had, but everything else you wanted what the other opponent had. Not only that, but when Matthew Stafford played guys like Aaron Rodgers, especially Aaron Rodgers, he wasn't better than Aaron Rodgers. So not only was he not the better quarterback, but he also had almost all the disadvantages in the game. And that's why he would lose. It's, and I think that's something that, like, people were unfair to him about. It wasn't like everything is equal and Matthew Stafford could win a big game. It wasn't even like um, half of it was equal. It, oftentimes he always had the disadvantage in the, the big games, right? We'll put quotes around big games because, again, that's relative to what a Detroit Lion big game is and a Green Bay Packer big game is or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers big game is. And so just it's just nice to see that he can play on a team where they can carry him or even where he doesn't have to play at such an a great level that they can find a way to win games still. Okay. Let's go to our next point. The Rams came to play. It was obvious. The defense was amazing. They were all over Kyler Murray pressure from the very beginning, Donald Miller uh, Floyd. They were all, all, all over, all over. um, uh, Kyler Murray. It just, uh, had that pick six where he had to throw it out of the back, uh, try to throw it out of a safety into a pick six, which I think Stafford did earlier this year, which is kind of funny. Uh, I think there was a play where he threw out of a safety and, and, and it ended up being a pick six. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that happened to Matthew Stafford earlier this year. Uh, not only did the D come to play, they rat uh, rushed the ball for 140 yards. Now, Matthew had 22 of those, um, uh, yards, but I think between the two main running backs, uh, Cam Akers and Sony Michelle, they had 30 carries. So that running game, the commitment to run the football opened up the play action and it got people open. Okay. So sometimes even when you're not running effectively, and but you show uh, because I think Cam Akers only had like 3.3 yards of carrier. He, it was like 17 to 54, but He uh when you commit to that, when you commit to that run game, when 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 you do that as a team, it's always a threat. And and so running 30 times, despite not averaging like four yards a carry, uh kept the defense honest, which was real good. It opened up things for Matthew Stafford and that Rams offense. Uh again, defense was great. We already talked a little bit about it, but basically, um, the defense played the way they had to. I thought Ryan um, brought it up in our last podcast. You get pressure up the middle. It'll slow down Kyler Murray. And that's exactly what happened. Um, now, Kyler Murray. Uh, uh, well, before we get to Kyler Murray, let's talk about Odell. Odell looks like he's building a lot of chemistry with his team in this offense. Four for 54, one touchdown. If you watch the game, he had another 30 yard touchdown taken away and not touchdown, but third, like a 30 yard gain uh, crossing the field, Uh, Off a holding call, he got wide open, Stafford hit him in stride, but you could see that him and Stafford are getting on the same page, which could be good moving forward into the playoffs. And Odell is getting open. That's the other thing. Like Stafford is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield, and he's going to make the most out of uh, Odell Beckham and he can hit him while he's running in stride. Uh, Kyler Murray, let's talk about the Cardinals for a second here. He was just awful in this game. Now, granted he does, did he did, uh, he did have a lot of pressure on him, obviously. Um, and he got hit a lot and he was running a lot, but I think again, going back to our last podcast, we did, uh, Luke mentioned it very important point. In the NFL, there's always pressure. So you have to handle that pressure well. And he was not handling it well. He was throwing uh, on the runs, uh, like into the dirt in front of his wide receivers. He wasn't opening. Uh, he wasn't completing passes on the run. Uh, he was, he looked awful. I, I don't know what else to say. I w- will say that the broadcast brought us uh, a very uh, interesting stat comparison with Hopkins and without Hopkins clearly having a Hopkins on the field is going to benefit any team. And you can tell the Cardinals are missing Hopkins. So when you look at what the Cardinals need moving forward, they just need Hopkins to be healthy. And that's, that's just, you know, not anyone's fault, but you know, sheer luck of the football game because he was injured and someone like Cooper cup was it by the way, Cooper cup really good today, even though he wasn't like his numbers weren't off the charts, but, he he did an excellent job of being a decoy, blocking, and then towards the end of the game, he caught some big plays, uh, caught some balls for some big plays, and made people miss uh, to help ice the game. And then um, third down efficiency was awful for the Cardinals. They were 0-9, 0-9, and uh, so that's 0%. So it goes to the Rams defense playing very well, but also the Cardinals offense not calling the right plays, to uh, uh, get the the first down um, on those third down plays. And, and Kyler Murray, too. He's got to take some of the blame. He, It, it seemed like he, he was really skittish, especially early on. But he also did not perform well during garbage time either. So I don't know, um, you know, 137 yards in a football game is pretty bad. Okay. So with that being said, let's go look forward a little bit. So that's sort of the game recap. Excellent job by the Rams. They get the bucks uh, next week. And then the Cardinals, um, they got the off season to look forward to. So speaking of the off season, what obviously we'd like to see um, in the off season for the Cardinals, me personally, uh, they're a young team. They're going to grow. I think, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. I don't really think he's that good of a head coach personally, um, but I don't think he's bad either. I don't know where he is. It's hard to say uh, getting healthy is important. Having Deandre Hopkins. I wonder if AJ green, I think he only signed a one year deal. If he'll come back, hopefully what is JJ Watt going to do? Um, is another interesting question, but really uh, to pro- progress and grow, and make life easy, little easier for Kyler Murray. That would be r- really good for the Arizona Cardinals moving forward. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have, oh, and, and find a way for consistency throughout the season, because really the interesting thing about the Cardinals have been, has been under Cliff Kingsbury is they start out really hot and then they just drop off. So find a way to stay consistent throughout the season. That's really what they need to do. Uh Rams, the 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 thing I'll bring up with the Rams is the Super Bowl. I have I had them going to the Super Bowl since the very uh, beginning of um the regular season. That was my pick. If you don't believe me, I recorded it. Uh and I also picked them at the beginning of the playoffs. They have a real shot. Um Tampa Bay, and and I'm gonna have a recap uh I'm, i'm I'm sorry, a prediction podcast in um on Wednesday. I'm gonna record it so it'll probably drop Thursday but the offensive line for a stat defensive line. So the Buccaneers offensive line is hurt right now. And that could go in the Rams favor, not to mention that the Rams beat uh, the uh, Buccaneers are earlier this year. And Jalen Ramsey is going to love the matchup with Mike Evans. That's one thing I noticed is Ramsey, although he was, he was good in this game, uh, you know, It kind of did that time seems like, like he was disinterested, especially towards the end, which makes sense. But I think it's because he loves it when you have that guy, he has to shut down like a Deandre Hopkins. So now he gets Mike Evans. So I think he'll be more interested in this game. It's going to be a fun game to talk about in the future, but Um, right now I'm obviously going to lean towards Rams because I'm going to stick with my pick, but Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And that's what concerns me with this game moving forward, but we'll talk about there. So I'm going to stick with that. Anyway, that is the recap of the Arizona Cardinals against the Los Angeles Rams. Congratulations. Once again, to Matthew Stafford, my guy, I'm glad you won your first playoff game. Keep it rolling. Um, and now. Uh, here is the rest of the podcast where we recap the rest of the matchups that happen wild card weekend. Welcome back, everybody, to Nutty Buddy Sports. Uh, on today's episode, we are just going to recap the five wild card games that have been played before the Rams and Cardinals game. That's still happening in about an hour. So we're hopefully going to get this podcast done before the game starts. Uh, So with me this evening, I have my brother back, Eric. Eric, how's it going?
1: Fantastic. Yourself?
2: Good, good. I have Chris back. Chris, how's it going? Great. Mike McCarthy is not my head coach.
0: (laughs) That's awesome for you. And Zach, I have Zach back. How's it going, Zach?
3: That's good. Good to be back, Ryan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and real quick, before we get into like all the recapping, uh, maybe we can, I should have probably prepped you before the show, but maybe one takeaway you want to take away from wildcard weekend. Uh, maybe I could start with, uh, let's see here. I'm going to put someone on the spot in a moment's So uh, Chris, you want to, what maybe a takeaway fr- from you?
2: Um, The bills look completely unstoppable. Yeah. They look
3: really good right now.
2: What about you, Zach?
3: Glad I don't live in Texas because if I did, I'd be a very unhappy person right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good takeaway, Eric. You got a takeaway
1: um, that uh, Dak Prescott needs to learn the rules of the game and might help him in the future.
0: Yeah, that's a good takeaway. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. I guess my takeaway is next week's uh, AFC. Uh, division round matchup between the Bills and the Chiefs is going to be amazing. And that might be the decider of who wins the Super Bowl because to me, both those teams look really good uh, uh, in their matchup. So that's my takeaway. Uh, before uh, one other thing, maybe real quick to talk about David Cully got fired by the Texans. It's the only news that I, I haven't talked about as far as breaking news, as coaches being fired. Uh, any thoughts on that, guys?
2: Um, yeah, it was a total joke. They pretty much set him up to fail and they over delivered. So I don't know what they could have possibly expected because they have almost no talent on the roster in the first place. So dragging them to they were that four wins, right? Yeah. I think they were four and thirteen. That was like I kind of feel the same way uh with Brian Flores, his first year in Miami, where they were like a like a what a one or two win team the year before he got there. And he dragged them almost to 500 or even, you know, maybe it was five or six wins or something like that. I thought that was like worthy of coach of the year. (laughs) So David Cully to me is like, that's a top five coaching job for any one this season. And they just showed him the door. Yeah, that was sad.
0: I know they signed him to like a five-year contract, but it was only two guaranteed or something like that. So they really, they, they, they basically, I guess he took, the job knowing
1: he might only have it for one year. Mm-hmm. So, good sign of a dysfunctional franchise is firing a head coach that seemed like he was doing okay with the talent and then five year contract, gotta pay him still. So, you're gonna be paying two coaches. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good start.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's true, yeah. Uh, a uh, quick rumor is that Brian Flores might end up being the head coach over there because there's Patriot ties in the front office, mm-hmm. so that could happen.
2: So, we'll see. Yeah, the one I the name I saw was Gerard Mayo, which, like, I mean, who knows, but he's the linebackers' coach currently mm-hmm. in New England, and that would be a pretty big, uh, um. Upgrade not upgrade, but uh you know, stepping up the ladder from linebacker coach all the way to head coach because he's not even a coordinator at this point. So, but yeah, there's that that Patriots connection there.
0: Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know how I would feel about that, but it would be uh par for the course for I guess <laughs> to give a guy that hasn't even had coordinators of experience a chance, I guess it could work out. Okay guys, well what, are you guys ready then to recap the wild card weekend that was? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. okay, so I actually have this cool slideshow presentation that I got all filled out for us. so let's uh, let me get that open for us here. Okay. Recapping wild Card weekend. The New England Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills. Okay, so the first game that we're going to talk about is the New England Patriot-Buffalo Bill game, and and the Bills handily handled the Patriots. That's (laughs) really the game notes. Now, I got a couple game notes uh, for myself, but just real quick maybe maybe one takeaway that maybe you guys took away from the game maybe we can start with eric anything you wanted to mention as far as that game went
1: well uh, i think the patriots were a little overhyped coming in apparently because it looked especially mac jones who i kind of thought was that way anyways uh for he had a solid rookie season but he yeah that that The Bills just destroyed them, and they had, like, no chance right off the bat
0: almost. No, yeah, no, I agree, Chris.
1: Um, Yeah,
2: pretty much the same. I just never would have expected in a million years, you know, the same with Mac Jones, kind of average at this point. You know, I didn't really expect New England to have too good of a game on offense, but I never would have expected a Belichick defense to have a historically – great uh, offensive performance against them. They just were completely hapless to stop anything Buffalo was doing. There was no adjustments. It was just an absolute beatdown. So that was what was surprising to me.
3: Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And Zach? Yeah. Shock is the word I would use. You expect the game to be somewhat close, at least, you know, based on the two games they played earlier this season, you thought it would be a little more of a shootout, but it ended up being that Buffalo was just, They were just too efficient. They scored on, I don't know if it was every single drive they had in the game, Mm -hmm. but it was pretty close to it if it wasn't other than the end of the game. I mean, it was incredible performance from the Bills. Yeah, I agree. So a couple of game notes. Uh,
0: So let's start with Mac Jones because that's one of the game notes I had is basically it's his first start as a rookie uh, quarterback for the Patriots. Um, He was 24-38 for 232, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, the one interception, Carlos Hyde, I believe it was, made a fantastic interception. Not Carlos Hyde, mm-hmm. is it? No, it's Micah. Uh, Micah, Micah Hyde. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was a Hyde though. That's all that matters. <laughs> a, a Micah Hyde. That was a fantastic interception. Uh, so I felt like he did fine. I, I felt it was more of a defensive problem than it was a, a mm-hmm. him problem. Uh, what did you guys like think
2: of the Patriots' offense? Like any any takeaways from that? Um, just that basically if they're not running the ball effectively, Mac Jones isn't at the point where he can win games for them. And their receiver, their receivers are solid. They're none of them are like bad except for maybe like Nikhil Harry, but none of them are really like game breaker types either. They're just solidly efficient wide receivers. So if they're running game and obviously they had to abandon the running game too, cause they got down really, really fast. But if that's, the, if they're not leading with that, their offense is not going to be very good.
3: Yeah. yeah. I was I was kind of curious all season. I hadn't really watched a lot of Patriots games, but they picked up Hunter Henry and John Smith at the beginning of the year. And I just didn't really see them utilize either of those guys very effectively throughout the entire season. And then even into mm-hmm. the playoffs here, I think there was more opportunity for those guys to really step up and in, in a game where they needed to step up getting the ball down the field quickly and it just didn't really seem like there was any way for them to get the ball.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised by that all year. I mean, I guess uh, I can look up his stats very quickly, but yeah, that was kind of a big, a big signing. It was like the Patriots are getting back to their two tight end Mm -hmm. glory days. And John Smith had some, uh, I believe he came from Tennessee, right? And he was pretty good there and he didn't do anything this season. I mean, Hunter Henry was pretty solid, but yeah, Jonu Smith, 28 catches, 294 yards. So that was kind of a dud, I guess. But that's why he gets paid the big
0: bucks, right? <laughs> no, I'm <just> yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I thought those tight ends were really good signings. Even Nelson Aguilar, that was definitely an mm-hmm. overrated signing at the time for the amount of money he was going to get. But to, I don't even think he mm-hmm. had that great of the season. All the offensive yeah. weapons that they signed were kind of like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Uh, Eric, what did you think of Mac Jones' first start in that offense for the Patriots?
1: Oh, just um you got a question. Not not he didn't do terrible, I guess, but like my thing is that he just uh I mean he's a rookie, so he got to the playoffs, but it he it showed that if things aren't going right, he right now can't take uh keep up with the uh uh other team if they're just outscoring them because he relies a lot on other things help he is a rookie so he'll have time to develop but he needs a lot to go right to win right at this moment so um well we'll see that's my opinion on him at the moment
0: (laughs) yeah no that's a good one i I agree with that i think it's a rookie and sometimes we get impatient he was still the best rookie quarterback this season like so yeah no that's that's the point (laughs) it's all relative though right yeah um but uh, there, there was a moment in the game I thought, like, you know, we, we talked on the last, last podcast about analytics, right? And uh, there was that one point in the game they were down 14-0. They gave, um, I believe it was Damian Harris, the ball, and he, he, gets, he, he gets stopped short of the first down. And it was like fourth and in inches, and they punt it. Um, in that moment, I think I go for it there because your defense is getting wrecked and you're not stopping them. You need some sort of momentum. Um, and I think you text me, Chris, once it got like 21 to zero, you're like game over. <laughs> it, yeah. it really felt that way at that point. Right. So mm-hmm. um, they should have probably went for it on that fourth down play for sure. Um, but yeah. Um, defense couldn't stop any anyone. We talked about that a little bit. That was, really surprising let's just get into the next thing which is josh allen he went full god mode that's what i put down he went god mode in this game 21 <laughs> mm-hmm. for 25 308 five touchdowns six carries for 66 yards um there's a statement that i heard i wanted to get you guys' like opinion on it somebody said that when josh allen plays at his best he's the best player in football zach let me start with Zach. Zach, you agree with that statement?
3: I, I find it hard to argue it. I mean, you just mm-hmm. watched that game yesterday and you, how do you argue it? I mean, against guess the Patriots defense is supposed to be so good. You know, it's, it's hard to make an argument against him, but look at the stat lines. It's just, it's unbelievable, mm-hmm. really.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. What do you think, Eric?
1: Well, it depends. Are you saying best quarterback in football or best player in football?
0: Yeah, so it was it was the best. Well, I guess quarterback, but at his best, he's the best player. That's
1: how it was worded. So you can take that for what it means. I mean, I I, you can't argue with, uh, you know, his not only efficiency, and he was able to run the ball. But I mean, I just I do think there's a couple quarterbacks that when they're at their best playing their best, um, that I just think they're better at just better uh, a better quarterback at this moment in time i mean josh allen's only what three four years in something like that
0: so, yeah four yeah
1: four okay yeah i couldn't remember sorry so it's really hard to uh, i just think there's a couple quarterbacks in the league that if they get in the zone that you just there's nothing you can do i mean uh rogers and brady would be two of them that when they get hot i don't think there's much you can do against them because against anything so those would just be two i would think when they're at their best that i think would be better but it's really hard to argue when he puts or oh, Patrick Mahomes is a big one too. I just when he's at his best. Nobody can beat them. I mean, nobody. <laughs>
0: so. No, no, I mean, you're right. I, I I would say that the what separates them, uh, Josh Allen from the other quarterbacks you mentioned is he's 240 pounds and he can run the ball. And like that's the thing that I, I, I go back to is like Bill Belichick, like his his scheming against Josh Allen isn't bad. He has players in position. It's just Josh Allen makes people miss and he runs over people. So like he could have mm-hmm. someone there to tackle Josh Allen, but Josh Allen like just jukes him out or Josh Allen just runs him over for five yards. And it's just like, quarterbacks shouldn't really be allowed to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Like Cam Newton kind of did it, but he didn't have the arm. Josh Allen did like Josh Allen has a better mm-hmm. arm than Cam Newton. And then mm-hmm. Newton was always injured. So that's where I'm just like, maybe it's not the craziest, but the, the one I would argue the most for is probably Patrick Mahomes. I just think that guy is amazing as well. So,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say though, you know, has, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut off. No, go ahead. Have, have we seen, like, I totally agree with all what you guys are saying, but I mean, have we seen those guys give that dominant, in recent memory, Rodgers, Mahomes, or Brady against a defense – I mean, the Patriots still have, like, a top three defense this year, and he just completely dominated them from the first snap on every single play. A com- fully complete game. You know, Rodgers, obviously he's great. He has, he has great games. He kind of – to me, it's more like he turns it on the last couple drives of the game, like the San Francisco game this year where it was like he makes godlike throws – And maybe other parts of the game, he has some bad drives. Whereas this, I mean, obviously we talked about they had seven drives and seven touchdowns. It was like every single play was perfect almost. I don't know if we've seen from those guys at that level, at least in recent memory.
0: I would agree. I would say that the thing that like – yeah. I I would agree with that. It's, it's hard because even Patrick, Mahomes, the game against the Steelers this week, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about the only interception he threw, it was a tip pass, like mm-hmm. at the line of scrimmage, somebody jumped and made an athletic play. So it's like he even had a really great game and mm-hmm. his best was good. So I guess it just depends. I just like the running ability of this guy on top right. of the arm is what baffles me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, maybe, you know,
2: maybe you're right. It's just, uh, Yeah. It's hard to say. It's hard to say definitively, like someone is the best. I just think that in general, but yeah, that, that's not, that doesn't sound wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to argue. Yeah. It's hard to argue. Um, Let's go to the last thing. Singletary continues to be an efficient running back. He had 16 carries, 81 yards, uh, five yards a carry two touchdowns. And I think that's going to go very good for the Bills. If uh, he keeps that up, because that's the one thing that they didn't have early on this season that they have now, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Any, any, anything to add
3: about this game? Any other notes? To... No. I just I'm a little I'm a little concerned when a team plays this good one week. What's going to happen next week? Is it possible to repeat the same performance two weeks in a row? I think it's going to be hard. I, I I have a good feeling that they'll do really good, but it also worries me just a little bit, just for Avery's sake, you know, just because you have that great of a week, you know, what's going to happen next week. You just don't know, but I, I have a good feeling about it at least.
0: I think the game will be close. Right guys. Like I think that's, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the thing that Josh Allen, I feel like has to work on a little bit is like when he had his great performance against the Patriots, um, a couple weeks back, he then threw three interceptions in the next game against the Atlanta Falcons. So he just has to learn to be more consistent. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe he can find it in these playoffs and then the NFL's in trouble. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. that would be good. What do you what do you think, Eric? You think that the
1: if he stays this hot, I mean, not just this hot, even if he cools down just a little bit, because he I mean, you can't expect him to do this every game, but even if he just cools down and goes back to a neo a normal quarterback le- a you know good quarterback level it's going to be hard to beat the bills because they have they're really good on offense and I don't think they're terrible on defense so uh, by any means so I mean in the AFC it's there's a strong chance if he keeps playing even you know 80 90 percent of like he currently is that the bills will be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl
3: yeah yeah I agree it's, just, it's hard Ryan to when you look at the stat line out of his 21 throws that he completed five of them went for touchdowns that's like one out if my math is right is that one out of four passes was a touchdown like that's just an insane statistic like there's no way you can repeat that but like yeah like Eric said if you can maintain even a certain level of that even be close to that that's going to be hard to beat
0: yeah I agree okay let's go to our next uh we're actually going to do uh Stat bombs. Okay. So these were sent to me by your brother, Zach, uh, Avery. Uh, so I'm going to have you read these one at a time. So these are, uh, special stats that Avery sent me because he really wanted to be here, but, uh, he wasn't. So, I mean, he couldn't, I should say he couldn't make it. So let's, let's do these one at a time. So after this game, these are some stats that came out of it.
3: So in honor of Avery. This is the first time the Patriots gave up four straight touchdowns under Bill Belichick's reign. The bills are the first team in NFL history to not punt, kick a field goal, have a turnover or have a fourth down play. Kind of like we talked about earlier, that efficiency, unbelievable stat right there. Stat bomb. That, that is a bomb right there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> unbelievable. Super cool. Uh, Just going along with that, they became the first team to score a touchdown on the first seven drives of a playoff game. Unheard of. Absolutely unheard of. Stat bomb there, too. (laughs) Let's keep going, Ryan. They only had two negative yardage plays with a kneel-downs at the end of the game. So two negative plays, the only two plays at the end of the game that don't really even count those kneel-downs. Stat bomb. (laughs) Let's keep going. The Bills have handed Belichick his third biggest losses of his career. They beat him by 31 points, 30 points, and 29 points. That is a crazy stat as well against one of the best coaches of all time, if not the best coach of all time. Yeah, man. All right, keeping it rolling. Josh Allen had more touchdowns than incompletions. One out of every five throws was a touchdown. All touchdowns were on play action against a top five defense. So, again, a very impressive stats line there. Very much a stat bomb, and we just all been stat
0: bombed. Is there any one of those things that like really blow your mind? Pun intended, Eric. Like, <laughs> what would what would you say? Like, is the most mind blowing of those stats?
1: Um, only two negative yardage plays was a big one for me because, you know, you could just have one thing go wrong—a miss blocked. Uh, you know, quarterback gets sacked, anything, I mean, just standard plays in the game and the only two negative plays are kneel downs, which I mean, if that's your worst plays of the game is the kneel downs at the end of the game, it's going to be a pretty happy camper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not a good day for the Patriots. uh, Uh, Chris, any of those ones like blow your mind?
2: That, that was the, that was the biggest one for me also. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What about you, Zach? I know you presented them all. What what, one blew your mind?
3: Yeah. So while I was watching this game, I was with my other, one of my other cousins and we're just watching it. It's touchdown after touchdown after touch. Like they are not stopping them on any of these drives. So to have a touchdown in the first seven drives of a game in any game is crazy. Let alone a playoff game against supposed to be one of the best defenses in the, in the league. I mean, wow. is all I have to say to that. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. Thanks Avery. These were definitely mind blowing. Thank you for that. Okay, let's go to um, some some things I wanted to ask as far as considering this game, just to end our conversation here. Bill Belichick is he losing it a little bit? Is he is he lost his edge a little bit? Anybody think so, Eric? You 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 reacted first.
1: Uh, it, no, it's one bad game doesn't define his career. He has been a career almost well, like since he joined the Patriots, a great coach for ages since almost since I've been alive, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no, one bad game against a really high-powered offense does not mean he's losing his edge.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me, of you guys remember the playoff game when uh, the Ravens, like, destroyed the Patriots? Mm-hmm. They ran the ball with Ray Rice all over. the. Mm-hmm. the it was, like, 34-3, to 3 and Tom Brady was still the quarterback then. So, it can happen, mm-hmm. right? Anything to add, mm-hmm. guys?
2: No? Okay. I don't think so.
0: Okay. So what, what are you, what do you think? Like, so just real briefly, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this Patriots off season. What, what do you think they need to, to get back here, even progress? Um, Maybe one thing that they could use or what you're looking forward to them adding, or, and I know none of us are really looking
3: forward to the Patriots being good, but
0: uh, maybe we could start with uh, Zach. You got, you got anything?
3: Uh, I mean, I would like to see him add another receiver, you know, it just, that's the one thing they seem to be lacking, especially you see it in this game where they're behind and they just can't produce any kind of air yardage. I wish they would have used the tight ends more. I think they, you know, between Jono and Hunter, they they both have super talented tight ends and then wide receivers aren't anything to laugh at either, but they're not superstars. So if, if anything, I would say get a good wide receiver in there to be able to play a game like this where they have to play from behind. Yeah,
0: I 100% agree. I think what they're missing is sort of that Wes Welker, Danny, Danny Amadola slot receiver that's been the staple in Bill Belichick's offense for years. They don't really have a guy like that. Um, mm-hmm. How about How about you, Chris? Anything?
2: No, I would agree with that because um, I forget if I, I get them confused if it's Myers or uh, um, Bourne, who's more of the possession receiver, but he's also not really like a over the middle mm-hmm. uh, type of guy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Jacoby Myers had 83. Yeah. He was, he's more of the possession guy. He had 83 catches, 10 yards a catch. Um, But yeah, not, not at Welker level or anything like that. And I was trying to find out if they, if they had um, their offensive line, because it seems like they've been rebuilding kind of piece by piece, right? They, they've got good running backs. They're not like high draft picks or anything, but they've gotten kind of the running game back. They, they, went out and got a bunch of receivers. They got um, Judon.
3: Mm, yeah. I
2: forget, maybe one other guy um, on defense. They have a good secondary. So they don't really have any, like, holes. So I was trying to find out maybe their offensive line, if they had a lot of, like, injuries or anything like that. You know, if five guys played 16 or 17 games. So maybe, maybe offensive line. Because I know after um, one of their recent Super Bowls, they lost some of their – offensive lineman to free agency so pure speculation without knowing the exact numbers that might be that might be their next step is to rebuild some of those offensive line pieces
0: no i that that's a good point i think that's right because i remember like even listening to bill simmons who is a big patriots fan he he even mentioned like that they could use uh more help on the offensive line uh eric
1: um, I'm not going to go with an additional uh, addition, an addition as much as I'm going to go with. Uh, I just want to see how they develop more around uh, Mac Jones because mm-hmm. um, now that they know he's his their quarterback and they want to develop around them because last offseason they didn't know if he was going to be there when they drafted. So now they had a year of playing with them. They Bill Check knows his strengths and weaknesses even better than he did before, mm-hmm. and. Uh, just seeing what he can develop, what pieces he puts around him to make him best succeed. If any coach in the league can figure it out and, uh, you know, make their t- make them all of a sudden even better than they were this year, it's Bilicek.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, good point. Okay. I, I have a quick addendum to what I said because I, I tracked it down. No, they had uh, – their interior line pretty much started every game. They had one tackle that started 15 games, and I couldn't tell you if win is a left or a right tackle, but then their other tackle – they had like four different guys start. So I don't know if that's all due to injury or maybe inconsistency. So I'm going to say that's what they're going to target.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good retract. Uh, so then the last thing, Bill's got the Chiefs up next. Uh, just really quick. Uh, uh, yes or no. Do the Bills win the game? I'll just ask you one at a time against the Chiefs. Uh, Eric, what do you think? Yes. Chris? Yes. Zach? yeah okay so just so everybody knows that's listening we're going to have a preview podcast on wednesday where we'll we'll give our final predictions but i just wanted to get the 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 feel of the room overall right now okay next game the philadelphia eagles versus the tampa bay buccaneers A little fast on that one, sorry guys. But we got the the, the Buccaneers beat the Philadelphia Eagles thirty-one to fifteen. Um, real quick, uh, any anything you, before we get into my game notes? Anything that you guys took away from the game? Maybe we'll start with Eric. You're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. What did you take away from the game uh, on su- Sunday?
1: Um, Bucks defense looked really good against a not NFL ready quarterback yet. So, Um, and, uh, and that's, I mean, their defense looked a lot better. Their offense didn't surprise me too much. I was a little surprised how much points they put up due to them being down two wide receivers. But in the end, I guess, um, yeah, no, the just the big thing was the defense looked really good, but again, it was against Jalen Hurts, who isn't terrible, but, I don't think he's NFL already you know, like he's, he's a great quarterback by any means.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't think he's really good either. He's very inconsistent. That's the problem with Jalen hurts. Um, okay. Then if nothing more to add, let's just talk about Jalen hurts. So he went, 23 of 43 258 yards a touchdown and two interceptions guys if you're the philadelphia eagles i know we're we're talking about this game are you confident in this guy moving forward any anybody
2: i've been uh i've been a semi supporter of him from early on but they might have had a better chance with Minshew playing this game.
0: <laughs> oh, we're gonna talk about that because I'm sure Luke would want us to. But um, <laughs> it was just, it was just crazy because like I felt like the Tampa Bay was putting like eight nine guys in the box. They were kind of like pressing, mm-hmm. and like I can't remember who was doing the game, but they kept on saying they needed to go on go to the one on one matchups. And they they all they were like mm-hmm. basically doing uh, were bubble screens, like quick passes, you know it just didn't seem like they even trust him to make the plays that they yeah. needed to, to win, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I, I I'd have a hard time now. We'll talk about Philly's offseason, but they do have three first round picks in the draft. So. Uh, who knows what they could do with that? Maybe trade for Russell Wilson. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. already talking about the She's okay. Yeah. Let's go to the <laughs> next thing. Uh, Eagles defense played good enough to win. I felt like after the bucks got up 17, zero, the defense sort of figured something out and they held the bucks, uh, to 17 points for the longest time. And the offense was just so inept <laughs> that the defense finally broke down. And that's why, uh, you know, do you feel like if there was a quarterback, a different quarterback in there? Let me ask Eric because you're the again, you're the Bucks fan. Do you feel like if there was a different quarterback in there, do you think that the Eagles had a better shot of winning?
1: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it depends on your definition of different quarterback, not Garden Minshew. Sorry, um, but uh, no, there's. I mean, you, you put a different quarterback in there, one who's actually you know, good at passing the football, which usually helps playing quarterback, uh, you're going to have a better chance of winning. But <laughs> I, I mean, I do feel like that um, Tampa took the foot off the gas a little bit too, because they, they weren't, they're were killing, well, you know, they got up really quick and they were dominating the ball game. I think they were just trying to kill some clock after a bit. So no, I
0: agree. I agree. Yeah, no, that's the way it feels. Even the 15 points, the Eagles score s- seemed a little yeah. garbage timey. Right. <laughs> yeah. Zach, what do you think?
3: Yeah, that's what I was going to bring out that point, Ryan, is the only points we scored were in the fourth quarter when it was garbage time, and that's the only time the Buccaneers didn't score. So at that point, <laughs> of the game had already been decided, so it was kind of just a whatever, we don't care anymore. You know, a desperation for the Eagles still trying to hang in there, I guess, but it just wasn't pretty for them. I mean, de- like the defense did do, do well, especially compared to the, the Eagles' offense, but just wasn't enough to get them in there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Um, let's
0: look at our next point here. Nine total runs by the Eagles for being a run heavy team. You know, they did get down by 17 points quickly, but I felt like they abandoned the run too quickly. You got to keep that defense honest. And I know that they stacked the box, but they weren't taking advantage of that anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like they weren't like trying to throw it over the top of them or anything like that. So to me, I I felt like that was a little, uh, poor game planning you know um if when when they the reason why they got to the playoffs was they were a run heavy team you know mm-hmm. um let's just let's see here let's go on to the next one tom brady still got it how old is this dude
1: 44
0: what in the world guys whatever he's drinking i want some
2: he, uh, he gave Giovanni Bernard his super steroids, the, the TB12 plan, whatever the cocktail is. That's, he gave it to Giovanni Bernard who to come back and be useful.
1: I heard it's avocado tequila. That's what I heard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're all going to start drinking <laughs> avocado <laughs> tequila. Yeah, that guy is just so good at 44 still. I just, you know, uh, being down, like mentioned, Eric, you mentioned earlier, two weapons. Um it's just, it's just remarkable what he's still doing at the age of 44. And they didn't have much of a run game either in this game, right? So it just kind of like all on him.
1: Their starting running back was out this game too.
0: Fournette, uh, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Fournette was out, so they had to rely. And I think Ronald Jones was out too, if I remember correctly. Yep. Mm-hmm. So basically they were down to Giovanni Bernard and Le'Veon Bell and Keyshawn Vaughn, who had an okay game. But, like, I mean, that's nothing to write home about right?
0: No, no. They need Fournette back, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, finally, Mike Evans was Mike Evans. You know, he he's kind of like one of those big receivers who deals with injury off and on. And it seemed like he was actually healthy this game. He had nine receptions for 117 yards and a touchdown. And he was playing against Darius Slay, who is a top, what, 15 at least, Maybe even higher. I would put him higher personally. I I, I haven't looked at the stats, but at least a top ten mm-hmm. corner in the league. So the fact that he was able to do that maybe show is a good sign for Buck, Buccaneers fans uh, moving forward.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's go on to uh, some – oh, this is another key point. Two injured offensive linemen in the game for the Buccaneers. So, moving forward, that could be a bad thing for the Bucs. Uh, Eric, have you heard anything about the two that got injured? This, I think it was a center in the tackle.
1: Yeah, Tristan Rol, uh, Wurst, who's their all-pro tackle, who um, he got injured. He has an uh, ankle sprain, it sounds like, um, and he ain't going to practice till Friday is what I read. Um, and I believe the other one was Ryan Jensen, uh, who is their center, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember mm-hmm. he's a center, but I'm, the injury. And then um, I believe he was limited participation today. I don't remember 100% on that, but it sounds like he'll probably play on Sunday um, when they um, verse whoever wins tonight. Yeah, tonight, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, they will at least have their center, but Tristan Rorf's being gone. If he is gone, um, is a pretty big um, loss because he's an amazing right tackle.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it would be well because whoever wins, you either have Chandler Chandler Jones or you're going to have Von Miller and Aaron Donald. So I mean, like, that's going to be a little little tough um, I I
1: matchup. Their backup tackle is dealing with a hamstring issue too. So, <laughs>
0: oh boy, yeah, you might be to a third tackle. <laughs> okay, let's love get to hear it. Yeah. Okay. So one of the points I wanted to bring out uh, to me, and I know uh, you two of you guys touched on, I think Chris and Eric did, but maybe I'll talk to Zach for a second here. Gardner Minshew. Obviously he's the better quarterback, the thrower of the football than Jalen hurts. Uh, Do you think that the Eagles had a better shot at winning this game? If Gardner Minshew would have started
3: for the sake of Luke, I'm going to say yes. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, I mean honestly I, I mean playing against the team like the Buccaneers you're gonna to have to throw most likely like mm-hmm. I agree with you that they kind of abandoned the run earlier than I would have liked to have seen but then you have to throw the ball you have to be able to be efficient at throwing the ball and Jalen Hurts just is not that kind of a quarterback so I mean they can't predict that's gonna happen though so they went with who they've been using this whole year had they started Minshew just for the fun of it I think they would have had a better chance for sure Doesn't mean they would have won. And I still think they would have lost, but it would have been a lot more interesting of a game to watch. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. I just felt like they needed a quarterback that like could read defenses better and like, notice like, Hey, I, and and, like, to me, Minshew is the kind of guy that like takes chances, you know, like, so I don't think he would have been afraid to throw the ball. Um, So I, I do think they would have had a better shot with Minshew. I thought at halftime they should have made that change personally, but um, I, I, uh, I, can, I don't think they
2: would have won either way.
3: Chris? It's it's tough to pull your oh. starting quarterback in the middle of a game like that.
2: Yeah, it's true. But when you're when you're desperate. <laughs> um, no, just looking at the box score, uh, Devontae Smith, who's by far their best offensive player, uh, 11 targets and four receptions. And Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard, also a very good player, 12 targets and six receptions. So less than 50% completion rate targeting their only two good receivers. Yeah.
0: I just a, a more accurate better quarterback, a thrower of the football I should say is uh kind of what they needed. And Eric, mm-hmm. we know what you think. Gardner Minshew is trash. We all heard it here first. <laughs> Luke, I will give you Eric's number and you can respond to him accordingly. <laughs> Okay, let's talk a little bit about the Eagles offseason. So, what do we think about the Eagles offseason? What would we like them to do, or, or, or maybe one thing we're looking forward to, maybe a little bit? Maybe I'll start with Chris.
2: Uh, they desperately need a number two and a number three receiver. They should take one in the first round because Jalen Rager is horrible, um, <laughs> and Quez Watkins is also a horrible so they need help Devonte smith is legit but they need help opposite from him
0: yeah i like Devonte smith how about you eric what do you think
1: yeah the i mean that's pretty much would be my opinion of the eagles uh, or um if they decide what they want to do with Jalen hurt uh back and forth if you want to be a qb of the future then you need to build an offense around him and his strong suit isn't always throwing the football. So uh, you got to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. What
0: about you, Zach?
3: Yeah. I'm with both of those guys. It's, it's developing hurts if you're going to have him be your guy and then maybe drafting a wide receiver who can fit that bill, who can work with him in a game that would work for hurts. So to combine everybody's comments together and create that, that's what I think they're going to look for.
0: Yeah. I wonder, like I, I mentioned this earlier, but I just wonder if they'll take those three first round picks and like, try to get like Russell Wilson or something like that. And you could throw Hertz in the trade as well, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then I just wonder like with the wide receivers, right. We, we talk about like how good they're not, but if you don't have a solid QB, like, how do you know, you know, I'm saying mm-hmm. like, how do you know if you don't yeah. have a guy who can actually pass the football Um mm-hmm. So that would be my only rebuttal to that. Not, I'm not saying that they're good. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying
2: like mm-hmm. it. it Maybe if you get a better quarterback back there, they might look a little better. Um, well, and uh, I totally forgot that Jalen Rager was a first round pick last year. Um, so he's got he's got 64 catches in two years, which is really bad. But I totally forgot that they used a first round pick on him. Um, Another quick one, I would say just based on observation over the last couple of years, uh, number 49 for the Eagles, Alex Singleton, is one of the single worst starting defensive players I've ever seen. And I was shocked that a couple of their late season games that I've watched that he was starting. Cause I saw him like two, the last two years. I'm like, wow, he's getting burned in coverage every single highlight play <laughs> and he's still starting for them. Um, so probably an upgrade at linebacker as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I could see two different routes. It could either go with the long rebuild, use those first round picks and get a couple of really good playmakers, uh, like at linebacker and, and wide receiver. And then, um, they could also trade those picks and build around, uh, uh, a, a, a veteran quarterback if they could get I, I, I'm just saying if they could get someone like Russell Wilson I don't know if you pass that up
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay Brady versus Bill I wanted to talk about this for one second because we talked about the Patriots losing uh, Tom Brady winning again he won a Super Bowl uh, so what what's your guys take Brady or Bill what what <laughs> Do you think that Brady, hands down, has won this? Or do you feel like maybe we got to be a little bit more patient with Bill? Um, Or do you think it's like we shouldn't really talk about it because they're both great in their own way and that uh, maybe uh, it's harder to coach an entire team than to maybe be a great quarterback?
2: Yeah, I think it's a symbiotic relationship. I don't know if if I could say one is definitively better than the other one. Okay. Yeah.
1: Got to give a uh, bill check more time. That's just reality because uh, he got to still build his team. You lose a key core uh, poor person, like your starting quarterback, then you, you got to rebuild from there.
3: Uh, that's just the way it works.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Zach?
3: Yeah. I think it's way harder to be a coach trying to manage a whole team versus, I mean, obviously Brady is, great there's no doubting that but he also has great weapons around him that he was given if you will whereas you know belichick's not got to build around him so it's it just takes a lot more time to do that it's a lot more difficult to do that I'm not saying being a quarterback is easy but i think it's a lot easier than trying to manage a whole team
0: yeah i agree and and it's his second year after losing his hall of fame quarterback, he's already back in the playoffs. So I think that says something mm-hmm. uh, real quick. One word answer. Uh, who do you want the bucks to play next week? Sunday. Okay. Let's start with Zach Rams or Cardinals.
3: Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, I don't really care because I'm the Tampa Bay fan. So this is an Eric question, but who would I like to see? I'd like, I'd like to see the Cardinals probably. I think the Rams. are just, they're too overhyped. Everybody's too much about them. So I'd like to see them lose. Wow. You are going to get kicked off this
0: podcast very quickly, Zach. Uh, (laughs) I didn't say anything
3: about the dolphins, Ryan. Come on. They can still win this. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. They're out too. Ouch. What what
0: do you, who, who would you like to see him play? Chris.
2: Uh, Heart says Cardinals head says Rams. Okay. What about you, uh, Eric?
1: I'm going to agree with them about Cardinals because the Rams have kind of beat Tampa, uh, last couple of years. I want to say, except, uh, Jameis Winston game. And who wants to count that? Um, (laughs) uh, uh, so yeah, no, I'd rather see him versus the Cardinals just because I, I would, I think that's a easier matchup for Tampa than the, uh, Rams.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, so you'd like the Cardinals over the Rams as far as an advantage goes. I, my heart and head agrees. The Rams, come on. That, that's the entertaining game. Overhyped. Look at you talk, Zach. I can't believe you. <laughs> we'll you're see prob- what
3: happens tonight. We got, we got three minutes to of kick off, Ryan. We'll see what happens.
0: Three minutes? I thought it started 18. at 7.30. 30. Oh, okay.
3: oh, okay. All right. Well, it's seven o'clock-ish. I'm, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, me too. I right. So let's keep her moving.
3: <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Okay, so this was not much of a game. It was early quick. Uh, So maybe we'll just get into the game notes a little bit, and then we can just hear what you guys' thoughts are on it. Uh, Big Ben's last game, (laughs) 29-44, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Both those touchdowns kind of came in junk time. Uh, It is Big Ben's last game. Um, What did you think, Zach, overall about, like maybe his performance or him retiring or whatever you want to go with the Big Ben narrative?
3: I'm ready to see him leave. Um, <laughs> I've, I mean, he was good for a long time, but he's past his prime. They've been bad all year long. I was mad when they even made the playoffs. I didn't think they deserved to be in the playoffs. And, I mean, it's kind of surprising when they started off the way they did yesterday, but it was all a defense. The yeah. so defense is what even kept them in the game to begin with, and then it just fell apart.
0: Did did you know? Like they average in the first
3: half of like the last six
0: games, they average like three points a, a, a half for the first half of each game they played for like the last six games. And then you look at these scores and you're like, how did they score twenty points? Like it's like it's so dumb, Chris.
2: Um, yeah, I turned this off right pretty much before halftime. Um, I am glad to see him go. He's a dead weight on the league. Uh, rest rest in p that's what i have to say (laughs)
1: okay (laughs) eric what do you think uh he he needed to retire like seven games ago so um yeah yeah, it it, it was the defense that got him in and i think the pittsburgh Steelers would be better next year with almost any quarterback than big ben was at the end of his career but one great you know great career for him
0: (laughs) yeah yeah he'll be in the hall of fame for sure three super bowls Mm. right I think he's been too. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, let's see next, next game note, TJ Watts touchdown. So, and then there was a tip pass that was intercepted and it goes just to your point, Zach, that the defense in the first quarter and a
3: half kept this team in the game. And the offense couldn't really do much for them. Right. So they, yeah, when you, when your defense is the only part of your team that scores in the first half of a game, it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pr- pretty sad. Um,
0: Let's see here. Patrick Mahomes looked great. That's my homie. I love Patrick Mahomes. He was 30 of 39, 404 or five TDs in the interception. And like I mentioned earlier today, the only interception he had was a tip pass at the line of scrimmage at some point, like, you know, that's not necessarily the quarterback's fault. Um, do you think like, honestly, guys, I don't know about you guys, but next week I'm so excited for so pumped for the game between the chiefs and the bills. Um, it, I mean, do you think that both quarterbacks will throw five touchdowns? No, no, no. <laughs> let's say yes. Let's say yes.
3: Yeah, that'd be so much fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just great to see the Chiefs looking like the Chiefs, right?
1: Yeah, it depends who you ask. Ask
2: yeah, right. It drives me nuts because they ran twice the same goal line, like delayed shuffle pass they run every single time inside the five-yard line and somehow teams are not clued in that they try that every single time
0: yeah yeah I didn't know why they pulled out that trick play but they also had Travis Kelsey throw a touchdown when the game was clearly over and it's just like why Mm -hmm. wouldn't you hold that in the bag when you're actually in a close game you know but uh Mm -hmm. yeah even even that um Jarrett McKinnon I put Jerk McKinnon for some reason. I didn't finish writing his name. Sorry. <laughs> but
2: Jerk uh, is sure was... a very nice guy.
0: Yes, yes. I didn't mean to type that out, guys. I can't edit it right now. But uh, I, I have final piece, and the only reason why is he actually had a really good game running the ball. And, again, considering the defense they played, that says a lot, right? Uh, Do you Mm -hmm. think that he could be uh, the missing piece to help this run game sort of get back on track that could help them win the next game? Chris, you're nodding
2: your head. Yes, he's better than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, he was a legit. He obviously, uh, I'm trying to remember his career path. He went from Minnesota to San Francisco, right? Mm -hmm. He blew out his ACL two years in a row, but he was a very good complimentary back in Minnesota. So it's no surprise, obviously, he got waylaid for a few years there but he's a he's a nice piece for them
0: yeah i agree eric what do you think
1: i think that i mean he's obviously a better option but i also don't think a running back should have a hard time when the defense is going to be entirely focused on the passing game uh they shouldn't they should very rarely feel a face a stack box so um i mean if they found one who actually can run the ball when they're only running on you know you know six guys in the box or whatever, then that will help them tremendously. I mean, it shouldn't be hard to, but you know, some running backs make it look complicated.
0: Yeah, like uh-huh. Clyde. Yeah, Clyde Edwards aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Good point.
1: Okay. Um any any
0: other additions to this game? Anything else you want to hit on? Any other notes you want to bring up?
2: No? Um, not really, just that that was a really impressive defensive performance, keeping them off the board for uh like 24 minutes or something like that. Um They just pretty much ran out of gas because Pittsburgh's offense was going up three and out every single time. Yeah. So maybe maybe teams can watch that, learn something, how to slow down Kansas City's offense. I, I mean, obviously Mahomes played great, but I'm still just going to – ease up on the reins a little bit to say Kansas city is fully back to their full firepower.
0: Oh, but they look so good. But yeah, I, I, I kind of agree because the defense would have been tired out pretty quickly. Right. Like so, so yeah. I kind of agree with that. Okay. Let's see here. Let's talk about some of the stuff. Uh, Steelers off season guys. Um, what's maybe one thing you're looking forward to let's start with uh, Zach. Zach.
3: I think the biggest one is quarterback. Who are, who are they going to get? Are they going to try and go for a veteran guy to try and get him to a, another playoff run next year? I don't know what Russell Wilson is doing next year, but uh, I mean, even, even in a high-powered offense like the Steelers, I mean, if they can somehow finagle him there, I think that would be a dangerous team to to face next year if Russell Wilson is QB. But I, that's the biggest question for me is what are they going to do with quarterback? Because the rest of the team seems pretty well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus Eric? Mariota. that's a good one
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) eric what do you think we'll be starting next year (laughs) oh i like that somewhere Uh, i don't know where but somewhere hot take hot take eric what do you think what's your off season
0: thing you're looking forward for the steelers
1: i mean it's quarterback i mean that's the most obvious one i mean there's uh their defense is i i love the steelers defense i like their wide receiving core i love Najee harris um, there's not much they need except a competent quarterback. So, uh, get them that. And you're talking about Pittsburgh being a good team again. So, I mean, yeah. they even made the playoffs this year with a, you know, an old man yeah. playing quarterback.
0: Correct. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think quarterback is the obvious one. I could even see someone like Gardner Minshew being successful in this thing. Luke, that's a shout out to you. I don't know if I believe it, but I figured that would make you happy if I said that, um, I would also say offensive line. They they need to work on a little bit because Najee Harris. I don't know if you guys like like when he runs, he's like hit immediately like every single time, and he can't he can't get mm-hmm. any running lanes. So they really need to work on their offensive line as well.
2: Their their other thing. Um, my pick would be uh, secondary. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick's very good, but they have a dominant front seven. Um, I think they're still relying on Joe Hayden. I don't know if he's their number one or number two cornerback he's 32 years old not quite i mean he's still a solid player but they're i think their cornerbacks are pretty weak so they could really go to an elite level with more secondary help
0: yeah yeah that's a good point too um okay one word answer here guys i don't want any explanation okay you're drafting a franchise you have to choose between patrick Mahomes or josh allen you get to pick one who you're gonna pick now just so you know Josh Allen is one year younger than Patrick Mahomes. Okay. So just so you know, one year. So let's start with uh, Eric. Who are you going to pick between Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? Patrick. Patrick. Okay. What do you think, Chris? Josh. Okay. Zach?
3: Yeah, I'm going to go Josh too.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm going Patrick. So what we learned in this exercise is uh, the Williams brothers are right in this case. So um, (laughs) wrong. Okay, okay. Okay, let's go into the next one. The Las Vegas Raiders versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, so this is now we get to two last games. I ordered it into like from the blowouts to the actual good game. So the Bengals against the Raiders, Bengals won 26 to. 19 it was it was a close game the raiders had a chance to win it um game notes let's get into the first one did the whistle really matter okay so there's a lot of arguments going on about the whistle that happened as the ball was kind of in the air when the receiver was about to catch it and a lot of people are kind of complaining because the officials got it wrong they technically should have redid the play so let me start with zach by rule the nfl should have re did the play do you think the whistle really mattered in the outcome of that play and do you think that the raiders in a sense were were a little bit robbed because we obviously don't know how the rest of the game would have played out but it did score him a touchdown what do you think
3: yeah well i mean obviously the 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 whistle in the middle of the play didn't really matter to me because the ball's in the air so i don't know why they would even blow a whistle during that anyway so to me it was just a referee falling over and accidentally breathing through the whistle. You know, that's my explanation for it anyway, but you know, does it, does it matter? No. I mean, he still scored a touchdown. It was a great play by the Bengals. So it should count technically based on the rule. I mean, I guess that should have been decided by the referees or whoever's in New York making the call because they should be able to get that pretty seamlessly if they needed to get it done correctly. So, you know what, it is what it is. There's a lot of mistakes referees make every single game. It's, you know what? I think the Bengals deserve to win. It was a close game anyway, but to me, so, I would have let it fly.
0: So we'll put a pin in that, that referee makes mistakes in every single game. We'll put a pin in that, but Chris, you're, you're agreeing um, frantically with, with Zach. So you want to go ahead and yeah, explain? He's why? Yeah, he's, spinning. No, I just
2: think it, was a, it was a, it was common sense taking over. I mean, maybe it didn't follow the exact letter of the law. Um, the whistle, maybe there's some sound delay, but the whistle was like milliseconds before the ball. Uh, I forget who caught that touchdown, but it was like a millisecond before his hand. There's zero chance the defensive back would have stopped covering even if there was a whistle two seconds before that. Um, there was no way he could have reacted in time to like hold up. He was just upset that he got burned on the play. I think that was his reaction. He wasn't going, "Oh, you know what happened." Um, I don't know why. I think his uh, Zach's explanation that he he huffed into the whistle accidentally because he wasn't Burrow wasn't even close to touching the sideline. So there's zero reason that a referee would have been looking at right. I mean, he was right there it was grass all the way would not have thought that he stepped out of bounds. So um, yeah, just, it didn't, it didn't affect the game at all. So I I'm glad the way it turned out that they let it, they let it go.
0: And what do you think, Eric?
1: Oh, I, I was glad they let the play run. I, I mean that they called it a touchdown because that whistle never should have happened. And anyone that says that by the letter of the law, and I am a big stickler for rules on that kind of stuff. I get it, but I mean, everything points to what would have changed? Like outside of stopping the play, I mean, that's what it would have done. It should have done technically, but it was a touchdown. It was going to be a touchdown. So why change it just because a person made a mistake? I mean, he should not make that mistake. That's a pretty big one, but just uh, Raiders fans being upset uh, or people cheering against the Bengals being upset because they lost by a touchdown. And that was a touchdown. It's just like, no, that's just, no, 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 that wasn't, that was the correct, whatever you want to call it, the correct ruling, whatever it is to allow the touchdown stand. It may be by the letter of the law, but just, it was correct.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I like what uh, Chris, I like what you said is reasonableness, you know, like,
2: you know, just came through in that moment. Go ahead, Chris. No, um, what I'm about to say is very clearly not an NFL's rig statement. So I'm not going in the penalty box. But I do think where every single ad is a gambling ad, and they want every single person in the world to be gambling on these games, I do think it's not unreasonable to think that a referee here or there—I mean, it happened in the NBA. I don't think it's unreasonable to say a referee is had gambling on some of these games at some point. And I'm not saying that they're trying to rig the games, but let's just say he had a let's just say he had a little over/under on the first half. you know someone's going in for a score oops i accidentally killed this play there i don't think it's like there's there's not a zero percent possibility of something like that happening in the future or in the current so 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 that's the thing that i was going to hit on too is like when the
0: referees on there's almost too much pressure on them to like to get everything Mm -hmm. right And I don't understand Mm -hmm. because at times New York will buzz in and be like, Hey, you got to get this play right. Or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Why can't they do that on like every play? I'm not saying like throw Mm -hmm. flags or whatever, but if there is an obvious wrong Mm -hmm. call, why isn't New York? Like, Hey man, you got that wrong or Hey, you need to do this or whatever. It just, it doesn't make sense to me because like you said, Chris, the more gambling is um, normalized in state to state, Mm -hmm. it's going to be something very important for them to be as transparent as possible. Otherwise we are going to start being like, yeah, this is the WWE. You mm-hmm. know? So you no,
2: know, what was the, I mean, this is kind of side to that, but what was the game recently? There was a controversial call and they said like, Oh, we can't review it. And I forget if it was maybe something I texted you about or not.
0: Well, there was that – I don't know if this is the one you're talking about, but there was – I think it was against the the Titans, the Dolphins and the Titans. I don't know if that's the one you're referring to. Like, there mm-hmm. was a fumble on the play, and then, like, the Dolphins came out with it, but then they're like, they can't review it for some reason because they blew the play dead. I'm not sure if that's what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Um, obviously, there was uh, – Yeah, I'm
2: not, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Obviously, there was the Saints – one a couple of years ago against the rams that was huge
3: mm-hmm. and
0: then they put a rule in and the refs were so bad at getting it right even with the replay that they're like let's just get rid of this replay instead of like looking at the refs mm-hmm. and be like no just get it right you guys are obviously doing this on purpose so <laughs> come mm-hmm. on let's come on whatever but yeah i can't remember yeah no there
2: were there was just something that was like a judgment call and they they just pulled out the old classic like oh we couldn't even review it if we wanted to cuz it was a judgment call and i'm like come on, either everything should be reviewable or nothing should be reviewable. In my opinion, to have like a completely arbitrary, some things we can some things we can't is very silly to me, but.
0: No, I agree. I agree. But I, I really think they just should have New York at the ready to like, yeah. Correct them. It, it, yeah. We're in 2022, right? We have the technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, Joe and Jamar fire. They were on fire in this game, 24-34, uh, uh, 244, two touchdowns for Joe and nine receptions for 116 yards for Jamar Chase. Uh, how fun are they to watch? They rule. Yeah.
1: Awesome. it going to be fun to watch the Bengals for a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. If you're getting into the NFL – That's one of the teams I would strongly suggest you to start paying attention to. That would be it. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see here. Josh Jacobs only had 13 carries in the game, but he had 83 yards. Um, Mm -hmm. The game was kind of always close, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't understand why he didn't get more carries. So um, I don't know if any of you seen that or have an opinion on that, but I feel like they should have ran the ball more.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that stat too, and I was surprised when it was only 13 because he was running. He had one breakaway one, but just overall he was running successfully and they went away from it too fast. Yeah, I agree.
1: I think they got concerned because how much their defense wasn't stopping the Bengals and they thought they just had to keep up with it. They couldn't afford for it not to try to keep up with it, I think is what happened. now, no proof, obviously, but it just that's what it looked like to me.
0: No, I, I bet you're right. I bet they were reeling a little bit and they got away from their game plan. And that's because one way you slow down an offense is keeping them off the field and let them getting cold, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and for some reason I don't know
2: why they didn't do that. Okay. Yeah. I, De, De, Derek Carr, I was going to call him David. Derek Carr, uh, 54 attempts, 310 yards. That's 5.7 yards. An attempt, which is extremely not extremely, but it's very inefficient. Yeah, no, I agree
0: um let's go raiders off season guys anything um we we looking
1: for as far as the raider off season? maybe i'll start with uh eric you got anything don't uh get have a coach that gets fired mid season and a wide receiver <laughs> that get arrested that would be my number one thing to do that's I that's a ad-
0: good goal right
1: there <laughs> <laughs>
3: not asking a lot but i mean it was vegas so you never know
0: yeah yeah uh what, what about you zach
3: yeah. I don't really have anything in particular. I'm, I'm with, I'm with Eric. Keep, keep your players and coaches on the field to be able to play the game. Yeah. So that's, other than that, I mean, it's just, they have a couple areas here and there they could probably improve on, but I haven't really thought about it enough to get anything specific.
2: No,
0: well, that's okay. Uh, Zach. I mean, not Zach, Chris, that was Zach.
2: Um, no, I don't know if we saw this late breaking news, but they are cutting Mike Mayock dinner mm-hmm. manager go. Um, he was kind of a, I know he's kind of a scouting guy, but they gave Gruden all the personnel power. Um, so now they have to go find a personnel guy. Um, as far as the rosters, obviously, you know, Ruggs is gone. Renfro turned into a stud over the second half of the season, so they're in a good spot with him. Their number two receivers are super inconsistent, Zay Jones and Brian Edwards. So they they probably need to go drafting uh, another wide receiver highly. And then just overall, uh, their defense is pretty bad. So just all three levels, they need more defensive talent.
0: Yeah, I agree. I was thinking head coach. I'm I'm curious if they would try to make a move for someone like Brian Flores. Um, he's mm-hmm. kind of like my, if I'm a team, I'm going after that guy because he can turn a franchise around really quickly. He's shown he can do that in Miami. So I thought of the Raiders um, pushing for, for, for Flores. Mm-hmm. Okay, what chance? So again, just like a short answer, what chance do you give the Bengals of beating the Titans? And I'll let uh, I'll let Eric go first. I'm going to give Zach a little bit of time, the Tennessee fan, to think about this, not to be biased. Okay, that's what I'm doing here for you, Zach. Uh, so, Eric, what kind of chance do you give the Bengals of beating the Titans?
1: Uh, percentage wise, I would say I, I sixty percent. Of- <laughs> I, I, I was proven wrong last week with my prediction so I gotta I just I love jo- Joe Borrow he is fantastic to watch and him and Jamar Chase I just don't think the Titans can keep up
2: okay okay uh Chris yeah I, I'm gonna say 60% also
0: whoa no faith in the Titans Henry's supposed to be back throwing that out there Zach
3: I'm I'm not uh, I'm not too much of a faithful guy either, but I'm gonna say it's split 50-50. Um, just I mean, yeah, you gotta like
2: go Bengals,
3: at least 51. <laughs> no, I'm going straight 50-50 because either ch- either team has a legit chance to win this game. Just because the Bengals are hot, they're coming off a good game where they've played well. If Burrow and Jamar Chase stay as hot as they are, I don't think the Titans can cover them. The only way they do it is by slowing them down. And the only way they can do that is if they have Derrick Henry on the field to run the ball and manage the clock, they would love to be able to do, which again, we don't know what Henry's status is for sure yet. So I'm not very optimistic about it, but again, the Tennessee has shown they can have some firepower even without him on the field every once in a while, if everybody they need is on the field. And that's been the other problem they've had this season too, is guys being healthy. So that's why I'm saying it. it could go either way. I'm going 50-50 myself. Yeah,
0: I think the Titans officially got the nobody uh believes in us card, like, you know, like the trump card, like that the thing mm-hmm. the coach can preach to a team like, "Hey, nobody believes in us" against whether it's the Bills or the Chiefs, but it's now the Bengals <laughs> even. Like a lot of people like the Bengals. I'm going to give them I like the way the Titans play football. They can keep the ball out of the offensive hand, even without Henry, they've been running the ball really well. Uh, and their defense has sort of stepped up the last couple of weeks. I, but I'm going to give the Bengals a good chance too. but I'm going to say like 45. Um, also, also the Titans are at home as part of the reason why. So I say 45, 55 Titans uh, ahead of the Bengals right now, but I'm not going to give my official prediction until Wednesday show tune in for that bum 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 that's what we call a tease guys that's how we do it in the best let's go let's go to our last game the San Francisco 49ers versus the Dallas Cowboys probably probably the best game guys right like this was the most entertaining game the Cowboys lost to the 49ers 17 to 23 um, let's get to some game notes. Okay, let's talk about what the last play of the game. Fourteen seconds left on the co- clock. Draw play by uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, let's start with I got I got I want to leave your thoughts last, Chris, because I actually got some of your thoughts. So I want to I want to leave yours last. So let's start with Eric. What did you think of that play call in that moment? Dak, uh, you know, um, draw draw play there at the end of the game.
1: Very dumb. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I also thought Dak made some poor choices, not just but at, at the end of it. But I mean, it's just why would you ever run the ball without any time timeouts when there's no chance Prescott was going to get to the sideline in that amount of time? So like you you knew you had to get up and clock it, and uh, you should have slid a lot earlier. You should have done to give yourself a chance at getting a touchdown. That was just a
3: dumb play call.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, Zach, what do you think?
3: Yeah, that was the same word I was thinking of. Dumb. I mean, <laughs> I, I could see in some crazy scenario where you might think that would work out, but I think mm-hmm. for ninety-eight percent of America, they thought the same thing. Why are you doing this? This is a horrible decision. Like, there's no way you're gonna have enough time to do that. It just is. It doesn't seem possible. Yeah, yeah. What
0: do you think, uh, Chris? I kind of know what you think, but go ahead and give your your two cents on it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I left a, a voice message to you about this, but as they were lining up, I did think to myself like he's going to take off and run um, because I think they had three linemen and then nine guys in coverage and they were like playing like extreme prevent defense. So the whole middle of the field was completely wide open and maybe they were baiting them into <laughs> doing that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, the execution was horrible. If you're going to do that, you basically need to get your yardage and then beeline right to the sideline, and instead he stayed right up the middle. So maybe if he ran off tackle and then was able to kind of squirt off out of bounds, it wouldn't have been the worst play in the world. But to just – obviously, and then he ran – with the amount of time he ran too far and they didn't have enough time to get set up. So, like, yeah, like um, I think Eric said, you could maybe see some sort of – universe uh where it might have been a good idea but the execution was horrible um McCarthy said they practiced it and uh I'm stealing from Jim Rome but he's like if that find that very hard to believe because like he didn't know that the center can't set the ball like the referee has to touch the ball first so if you've practiced that over and over again like you would know that Um, basically you're with that amount of time left, you're depending on the umpire, like hauling butt down the field <laughs> and getting there to set the ball. So yeah, mainly like I could see like 5% of a good idea, but the execution destroyed that 5%. Yeah.
0: That's the thing is you got to be like on point with that play. Dak has to get up and hand the ball to the referee. Your offensive mm-hmm. linemen even have to be hauling down the, the field. What, like even the offensive mm-hmm. linemen were slow in getting to the the play. Um, Yeah. And I think the other thing is they should have had a a, a second played called instead of looking to spike it because in case you got it off with one second left, you didn't have time to spike it. You know what I'm saying? They also Mm -hmm. mentioned like he ran, what was it like 18 yards? It was an 18 yard or whatever. Do you guys remember? Whatever it was, but they, he should have just basically ran 10 yards and sat right away. Basically like don't run the full. Go ahead.
2: But like, no, but to, like what I said, he could have ran out of – would maybe worked if He got 10 yards ran out of bounds, but then you might as well just throw it because they were playing so far off mm-hmm. that you could do a 10-yard button hook or a 10-yard out and get the same amount of yardage and much easier go out of bounds. So, yeah.
1: No, I, no I,
0: yeah. yeah, I agree. There was a way better way you could have done that play.
1: I oh. just don't get how a professional quarterback don't know the basic rules of handing the ball to the ref. You see it every time someone's in a two-minute drill that the players are looking for the raft. That's always mm-hmm. what they're doing.
2: Yeah, no. That's and and a- I, I credit my dad with this, but I know Aaron Rodgers or Dak Prescott is no Aaron Rodgers, but Mike McCarthy was on the field when Aaron Rodgers threw the seventy-five-yard hail mary. So, you know, it's obviously they wanted to set up a little shorter one and maybe you know scheme up a play but like he's seen it done before Dak Prescott could throw a 45 yard Hail Mary. That's not outside the realms of possibility.
0: No, that's a, that's a great point. And, and really you had two shots at a Hail Mary. Like you could have done two heel, hit Hail Marys. You had enough time to do that. So, and it was all, what, 40 yards. Right. So, I mean like it, mm-hmm. it uh, yeah, it was just not good. Okay. The other game note outcoached, obviously uh, 14 penalties, 89 yards for Dallas And some really dumb penalties. I mean, like offsides, there was two defensive holding calls on run plays. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And when you watch the replay, like sometimes the refs get really ticky tacky. Like you're like, okay, like there was some, it was bad. (laughs) Like they were worth calling. So Mike McCarthy's coaching shows up once again, once again, just Mm -hmm. shows up. Um, I don't
1: know what you're talking about.
0: What's that? No, it didn't. I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, his lack of coaching. My bad. Um, I put this down because I thought this was when the game flipped because it seemed like the defense for the 49ers had a lot of control of the game. Bosa got that concussion. Fred Warner went out uh, with an injury. And then that sort of shift where the Dallas Cowboys um, uh, got back offensively on track. So I don't know yeah. if this ends up being a close game if these guys stay in the game? What do you think of that, Zach? Do you think it would have been close if these guys would have stayed healthy?
3: No, I don't. I mean, it's, it still would have, been, it would have been a blowout, but it would have been a lot different of an ending, I think. I don't, I don't think it would have been nearly as close as it was because they were getting good pressure on Dak the whole game mm-hmm. until them got hurt, and then Warner goes out too. So now you're losing your two best players at the most critical time in the game. Well, yeah, obviously that's going to make a difference. So if they stayed, both stayed in, I don't think it's nearly as close.
0: Yeah, I agree. Chris, you think the same?
3: Yeah, no, there was um, a play in the
2: fourth quarter where Dak got a nice, like, deep ball over the middle. And at first I thought it was a linebacker, but on replay it was a DB. But I kind of thought, you know, if Warner was in there, like, the DB jumped for it and he just went past his outstretched arms. And I thought if that was Warner dropping back in coverage, he knocks that down. Yeah, yeah. What What do you
0: think, Eric?
1: you lose two of your uh, probably your two best defensive players i mean it's never going to be in your favor so i mean to me i I, that was the game shift that's when the cowboys could start coming back because they didn't have to contend with as tough as defense anymore and um yeah they almost came back but they are the cowboys so i mean you always expect something to go wrong for them yeah I, i
0: heard the cowboy fans they were saying like the Cowboys played horrible, but they like came back and played well enough to make it heart wrenching. Like at first they were like, Mm -hmm. came to terms with it when they were down by a double digits. And then they're like, Oh, now, now we got broken heart syndrome. Yeah. Bosa, especially I felt like I agree with that. I think uh, Zach, you mentioned that the pressure they were getting on Dak early on was because of Bosa partly. And um, once he was gone, Dak had more time and back there. So Okay, uh, running game for me for the 49ers is on point. They're averaging 4.4 yards a carry, which is pretty good, and I think that could uh, work to their advantage, and I think they controlled this game with their run running game. And with that, I'm just going to go ahead and do Debo Samuel is a beast. 10 carries, 72 yards, 7.2 <laughs> yards a carry. And then 12.7 yards receiving even though he only touched the ball three times, but it kind of goes to coaching to me that Kyle Shanahan makes sure that his, his guy gets the ball where Mike McCarthy, I think, uh, CD lamb doesn't touch the ball until middle of the fourth quarter. That was his first reception. So it Mm -hmm. definitely a difference in, uh, head coaching, Eric, how do you feel about Debo Samuel and in this run game?
1: He's he's one of the more entertaining, if not the most entertaining player to watch um, in the league, in my opinion. And it just shows uh, I just love how um, the coach does it. It's like, hey, this guy can make plays. A quarterback can't always get him the ball. So let's find other ways to get him the ball. So and it works out pretty well in their favor. I mean, uh, they won this game and he was a big reason for it, of course. And I love watching the guy play. He's just he's just fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Anything else to add, guys?
2: Um, yeah, okay, just that uh, Kyle Scamahan or Shana fraud or whatever you want to call him, pretty much did everything his power to throw this game away. <laughs> um, obviously, they were running very well, and they they still could have run more in the fourth quarter. Like that Jimmy Garoppolo interception was horrible. It was on a second and ten play. Just run in on first and second down, see what happens. Then maybe third, if it's third and long throw, but don't let Jimmy with a bad uh, finger or thumb or whatever he's got going on, throw the game away for you. Um, fourth down, the first time they should have went for it, they punted. And then the second time it was fourth and one, they went for it. They did a quarterback sneak, but they did a shift. Williams mm. shifted to the left and the right side why are we messing around with stuff like that? It's a quarterback sneak. We all know they're going to do a quarterback sneak. Just line up and enough with the trickery. So yeah, just, they, it was very hard to watch them try to throw that game away.
0: Hey, he out coached Mike McCarthy. He did give gave him did. his props. Yeah. <laughs> Williams Williams didn't get set on that play. Right. So that's why the flag was yeah, thrown. Was yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Okay. Let's uh two more things. Cowboys off season. Um, w- what are we thinking as far as that, as far as the thing we're looking forward to with the Cowboys off season, maybe we'll start with uh, Eric. You got anything? Uh,
1: my dream, if I was a Cowboy fan, would get rid of my uh, Mike McCarthy as a head coach, even try their offense coordinator because it can't get, it can't get worse. You would hope. I mean, he's just a, barely a figurehead for jerry jones and then jerry jones to back off on it a little bit that would help the cowboys out because they're a very talented team they don't need much yeah but so if you're talented and you're losing uh, in the playoffs what do you need to look at the coach and management
0: yep so. yeah yeah awesome uh zach
3: yeah, in the same lines there needs to be some changes uh amongst the coaching staff there Maybe not, yeah, not just Mark McCarthy. If Kellen if Moore needs to switch up his game to create more opportunities for that offense or whatever the case is, I would love to see Mike McCarthy go away. Um, just I just, just for the sake of Cowboys fans, yeah, I don't even like the Cowboys, but for their fans at least, you know, I think they'd have a lot better chance. It just wherever McCarthy goes, it seems really bad news.
0: Yeah. With Chris, you agree you're nodding?
2: Yeah. No, because there's not really any, like, holes on this team, really. They've got talent on every single uh, level. Um, their big problem is basically discipline. Um, Dak, Dak disappears sometimes. I mean, obviously, he's a, he's a playoff caliber quarterback, so I'm not going to take that away from him. But, you know, he can be a little inconsistent, but it's like where do you look on this roster and be like, wow, they desperately need improvement. I don't think there's any where.
0: Yeah. And, and other than like elite quarterbacks, every quarterback is inconsistent. That's why mm-hmm. they're not elite. So Dak is is probably a good one to have if you're not going to have an elite guy. And I agree 100%. Um, I know Kellen Moore is probably going to get some looks by other teams. So if they want to keep him as coach, but interesting, I thought of this this morning. Um, the last time the Cowboys went from a veteran head coach to a like young offensive guru, does anybody know who? Who that was? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Wade, yeah, Wade Phillips oh, and yeah. Jason Garrett. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, nice yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So,
2: I, I have a, I have, I have two things. One for off season, and one more for the game that uh, I forgot to mention. Here's a spicy one for the off season. Maybe cut ties with Ezekiel Elliott mm-hmm. because I don't know if he's just not a super motivated guy. If he shows up, he's not in shape, which I could sort of see or if he's just wearing down, but he really was not impressive at all this season. I think he turns it on once in a while, but I say maybe look into trading him and going to Pollard full time. Cause Pollard is a much more explosive at this point.
0: So I, I, I actually that agree that. with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. You probably could get um, like a then, third for Zeke, right? Like a third. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think so. Yeah. Um, And then uh, I just remembered my funniest moment of the game uh, was when Dallas did the uh, fake punt and got the first down and then they left uh, the punt unit out onto the field (laughs) and everyone was pretty confused. I guess the conjecture people thought is that he was trying to trick Shanahan into burning a timeout, but Why would they? Because there's zero chance that you're actually going to run a play, an offensive play on first down with your punt unit on the field. So San Francisco just stood there and was like, okay, whatever. Who cares? We're not going to substitute. We're not going to do any substitute. We're going to make you keep your offense on the field. Then they ran their offense back out with like 10 seconds left on the play and he had to burn a timeout because they weren't set. So that was the most McCarthy play I think I've ever seen. So props to that do
3: they get the, penalized for that? I thought, I thought they actually they got the delay of game. Oh, yeah, they got them. delay of game. So yeah, even, worse, right. even worse. Even yep. worse. I mean, they got a penalty called on them because that totally yep. worked out.
0: Yep. <laughs> Mike McCarthy at his finest. It was also pretty funny that Dak almost got tackled by the referee when he was trying to spot the ball. Like, you know, basically almost yeah, he almost got
2: leveled. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and shout out to Jerry World for building a stadium that you can't see at uh you know the sun is setting and you completely blind your the receivers cedric wilson actually ducked because he didn't know where the ball was coming in at his face um, (laughs) because it was so bright and then also having the stupid jumbo video board that you can kick punts into so a colossal fail pile of the stadium yeah that's crazy yep
0: (laughs) okay uh last last thing we'll talk about real briefly 49ers going into green bay next week should the packers be worried one maybe a one-word answer we can go with again just to sort of kind of end the podcast if you have to if you feel that burning desire to explain your position that's fine but maybe uh one-word answer would be great here zach should the packers be worried about the 49ers nah nah how about you eric you think so not really not really what What do you think chris
2: yes but in a bigger sense no <laughs> okay
0: yeah I, I i waffle here honestly because like the niners have had the packers number in recent history but i just think the packers have been playing too good so we'll see
2: what happens jimmy okay. g in freezing temperatures with a broken thumb or whatever he has just think about
0: it. Yeah, that's that's true. It's just that they're both their run games are going to um, mm-hmm. uh, be be uh, be, be uh, on point. They have to be on point because mm-hmm. it's going to be cold and and, and probably mm-hmm. maybe wind. Who knows? But if mm-hmm. if they can't, uh, the the Niners are going to be able to run the ball. The Packers have to, and we know the Niners can run the ball. So that would be my only mm-hmm. worry if I'm the Packer fan. Okay, mm-hmm. anything else, guys? Okay, we got it. Okay, so thank you guys for joining me. If you want to listen to the podcast where we're going to actually, we'll recap this game that's being played right now, the 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 uh, Cardinals and the Ram, and then we're going to go on predicting next week's games. Uh, I'll post that probably on Thursday. We're going to record it on Wednesday night. Um, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Zach. Thank you guys for joining me. Also, follow me on Instagram at nuttybuddy underscore sports and check out the YouTube channel where I've been posting clips of the podcast. Uh, We thanks a lot for listening and we'll talk to you guys soon.